living with liberty your source for common sense and truth bringing you insight from outside the mainstream i am your host ryan today we will talk about the democrats latest tantrum joe biden trying to speak price declines into being and the consequences of breaking another country's laws next on living with liberty decision that doesn't go your way. How do you or did you train your kids, if you have kids, to handle life's disappointments? Did you allow them to kick and scream and destroy things? Did you allow them to throw tantrums? Did you allow them to attempt to change the rules in the middle of the game to benefit themselves? Do you try to change the rules in the middle of the game to try and benefit yourself? Well, of course not. I think all of us are honest uh, people and and we realize the rules and laws and things like that are put in place for a reason and we need to abide by them. So we're not going to necessarily throw a tantrum and go kicking and screaming because something doesn't go our way or we don't like the way things are. We'll accept it and work to change it. Well, not accept it, but live by it and then work to change it if it needs to be changed. You know what, though? We let our politicians get away with doing those things. We let them kick and scream and throw tantrums when things don't go their way. And we tend to look the other way. And particularly uh, guilty of this are the Democrats, let's be honest. If anybody looking at this objectively sees that it's one side that's going to, uh, that, that throws the majority of the tantrums and is certainly... Uh, the one changing the rules that they don't like because the rules get in the way of their agenda that wouldn't pass otherwise unless they change the rules. Democrats don't get their way. They whine and complain, and then they start floating the idea that the rules should be changed. And in a number of cases, they actually write bills and try to get those bills passed changing the rules. Or they just outright change the rules. No, they didn't like that federal court nominees could be filibustered. So Harry Reid led the charge to get that changed. Now a federal court appointee just could be uh, appointed on a simple uh, majority vote. Now, what didn't the Dems think about when they did that, when they undertook that rule change? That there, the fact is there were now new rules to play by. 
And when Dems filibustered the Gorsuch nomination, Mitch McConnell then led the charge to lower the threshold on Supreme Court nominations to 51 votes. Again, a simple majority. And of course, the Dems whined about it while they're the ones that changed the rule back when it uh, when they were just looking at the federal benches, not the Supreme Court. New rules in place. Well, you did that. Now we're going to do this tit for tat here. Now, since Dems haven't learned their lesson from that experiment, the fact that the new rules will be used against them, they continue to cry about the filibuster blocking the radical Green New Deal and other agenda items Biden, Biden's Chinese handlers want him to pass. They think no further than the current moment. What's the current thing? That's all they're thinking about at this time. And the thought doesn't cross their mind that they change the rules that will be used against them in the future. Now, when he was in the Senate, Barack Obama loved the filibuster when the Dems were in the minority. He, in fact, filibustered the Alito nomination. But then he railed against it as a Jim Crow relic when the Dems were in the majority. So do you see they, they love it when, they're, when it benefits them, when it doesn't benefit them. It's some sort of racist relic that needs to be destroyed. Uh, These people are hypocrites. Obama used the filibuster. That's what it's there for, is for the minority party to slow things down and make sure there's a consensus on legislation or anything, appointments, anything that's coming through uh, the legislative process. That's the point of it, to, to have a cooling down period and maybe see if there's some further negotiation that needs to happen uh, in order for um, a compromise and uh, to take place so they can get a bill passed, or it's just there to, to kill a bad idea. The Supreme Court, it's another one of these things the Democrats are, are whining about. It, the Supreme Court was great at nine justices when it was passing legislation. The Dems couldn't get through the proper and normal legislative channels. But now that there are rulings being made by a court that is originalist in its views of the Constitution that looks at the intent of the founders and rules based on that. And, you know, they're making these rulings that move our country back to the the constitutional rule of law it should be uh, operating under. The cries come about how now it's an illegitimate court and it needs to be packed. And they still haven't learned their lesson. They still don't look back at history when Harry Reid started the whole Let's kill the filibuster for judicial nominations, for federal bench nominations. And then McConnell said, well, you changed the rules. I'm going to change the rules, and now we're going to change it for Supreme Court nominations. They still haven't learned their lesson that they changed the rules, that they do things like pack the court or kill the filibuster. It will be used against them. And they'll have no no ability to cry about it. They're the ones that kicked off the the tit-for-tat in the first place. They still haven't learned that lesson. They still don't think any further than the immediate term. What makes me feel good now? What's going to help me amass the most amount of power now? And let me do it. Let me change the rules so I can have uh, power now, and we'll worry about things later. And you know what? We'll just cry about it and call it racist and everything else later when it gets used against us. So I say this. I say, go ahead, Dems. Nuke the filibuster, the remaining filibuster on legislation. Go ahead and pack the court, I dare you. It always comes back to haunt you. 
make legislation filibuster proof. Make it so it's a simple majority that that you only need in the Senate to pass legislation. The GOP will eventually take majorities again and be able to pass legislation unimpeded. They will be able to wipe out anything the Democrats ram through without a second thought and then push through policies regardless of Dem input. They'll, they'll, the GOP will use it against them. Why wouldn't you? You change the rules. Sure, go ahead, pack the court. And then for every justice that Democrats add, the GOP then, when they come into power, should add three. Let, let's, you idiots want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Keep having your tantrums, keep changing the rules, then the GOP will keep playing by those changed rules. And no matter how much crying and whining the Democrats do, they will have no one to blame but themselves. They are the freaking clowns who started destroying these legislative norms to begin with because they had a frickin' tantrum, because they couldn't get their insane agendas passed, they couldn't get their radical appointments to the federal bench, so Harry Reid said we're going to lower the threshold. Republicans then only responded to those rules changes and uh, started playing by the, the new rules. Now let's say this. Let's, let's uh, kind of illustrate it this way. If you are in a boxing match... And even though knees to the junk aren't allowed, if your opponent gives you a swift kick to the beanbag with no penalty and then repeatedly does it because the referee ignores it, would you not take advantage as well? The rules have obviously been changed for that match and you better play by them or risk losing. The same thing applies here. The Democrats change the rules they don't like. They change the rules that impede their supposed progress toward their utopian communist state, whatever they're trying to accomplish, progressive, whatever. They change the rules because nobody in their right mind is going to accept or want past these just absolutely lunatic ideas they've got. So they change the rules. And then they act like petulant toddlers when the Republicans use those same rules against them. If you're listening to the show on the audio-only platforms today, and that platform allows for reviews, please give us a five-star rating. It helps others find the show. Whether you are listening to the audio version or viewing on Rumble or YouTube, hit the subscribe button and give us a thumbs up or a rumble. The more subscriptions we have, the more thumbs up and rumbles we have, the more the show gets into the recommendations made by the algorithms and the more we are able to spread the truth. Okay. Speaking of petulant toddlers, we have an 80-year-old one residing on Pennsylvania Avenue in the District of Corruption. Now, President Smoothbrain apparently thinks the best way to tackle high fuel prices is to just demand that gas stations lower their prices. Some economic illiterate intern for the resident tweeted this out over the 4th of July weekend. says this, This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product and do it now. Do it now, the fake tough guy says. Don't worry about the supply component of price setting. Don't worry about the cost of crude or even the increased cost of transporting fuel to the filling stations. You know what? As a gas station owner, don't worry about the rent you have to pay, the taxes, keeping the lights on, any of that. Go ahead, just lower those, those prices to what you pay for the gasoline, and let's call it a day. 
You know what? Never mind the fact here that these gas stations make more of a margin on a bottle of soda than a gallon of gas. Just lower the prices before Biden calls up his buddy Corn Pop to do it for you. I wasn't cognizant of my surroundings when Carter was president. I was born at the tail end of of that disaster. Thank goodness. But I don't think he was this economically illiterate, illiterate where he demanded prices be lowered. Even the owner of the Washington Compost couldn't ignore this one, tweeting this out. Ouch! Inflation is too important of a problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. It's either straight-ahead misdirection or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics. It's both, Jeff. It's both. This administration has done nothing but lie from day one. It's been nothing but continual attempts to cover up their ineptness and corruption, to cover up uh, just their blatant incompetence. But if your newspaper actually would do some real journalism, then there may be some actual accountability to be had. Maybe, just maybe, the, the, these corruptocrats at, uh, in the White House would actually start doing what they're supposed to be doing. Maybe they wouldn't be apt to try and lie to us so much. Yes, it's, it's misdirection. It's blatant saying, oh, look over here. Hey, it's those gas stations. They're charging way too much. Gas stations, bring your price down. Bring it in line with what you're paying for that, that gasoline that you sell. It is also a deep misunderstanding, I believe anyway, of market dynamics. I think Jeff Bezos is right here. I think it's it's both. Like I said, it's both. We have rampant inflation, yet they, uh, the, the White House, the Biden, the Democrats, your Liz Warrens, your AOCs, they continue to talk about spending money, even your swampy Republicans. I mean, they're, they're, there's going to be another Ukraine bill. You're going to have Republicans signing on to that thing, too, to send more money over to the laundromat. Send it over. Put it into Ukraine, and you know, we'll get our kickbacks later. So there, it is. There's, there's such a deep, deep uh, misunderstanding. I would just say a, uh, just a lack of knowledge, a deep lack of knowledge of market dynamics. Now, all the indicators we have seen from the beginning of the year up to this point point to a recession, yet we somehow have a strong economy. So... Again, there's the misdirection. We've heard Biden say this, uh, our economy is strong, it's stronger than ever, blah, blah, blah. There's the misdirection again. And you know what? It's a, it's a fundamental misunderstanding of economic indicators, I think. Uh, how can you not see it? This is the most corrupt, inept, and economically illiterate administration in U.S. history. They prove it day after day. We, like I've gone over the indicators We've seen, I've, I've covered how trucking, uh, spot market pricing in, in the trucking industry is starting to decline. It continues to decline. That, that's a leading indicator. That means freight is drying up in the marketplace. We have trucks freeing up. And then I covered not long ago the, the quarter one results of, of call them the big three retailers, you, your Amazon, Walmart, and Target, how they missed expectations big time in quarter one 
lowered expectations on revenue big time for quarter two. We also have the Fed, the Atlanta Fed, their GDP GDP tracker was tracking a negative 2%, a little over negative 2% uh, growth, which would be a contraction actually, but negative 2%, which is worse than what we saw in quarter one. We are in a recession, folks. We are there. It, we're, it's only a matter of time before that is officially confirmed by the powers that be, the economists out there that say we're in a, a recession. But yet this, this economically illiterate administration says, oh, we're the strongest economy ever, lower your prices. Uh, pricing has no bearing on, on the cost of things that, uh, that are the prices that are set for the consumer. Uh, just, just lower them. You should be able to just lower them. Oh, never mind that. Again, you got to pay for everything else to run a gas station. And then there's this other just big piece, a uh, big story, in my opinion, that's come out recently. We have the, the, the whole strategic reserves, oil reserves, that the, the Biden administration has released, has authorized releases in order to, to lower fuel prices, he said. Now, one, back when... Biden said he was doing this third round of releases of a million barrels a day from, you know, whatever it was, May through October, leading up to it's a political ploy. It's leading up to the uh, up to the mid uh, up to the midterm elections. And the releases from these uh, the strategic oil reserves haven't done a thing for prices. I, I said back then they wouldn't. We're we're uh, a million barrels a day is is peeing in the ocean in terms of what global consumption is then again it, just to be fair the releases from the oil reserves might have shaved a couple pennies off of the price if we weren't exporting the oil from our reserves to other countries 5 million barrels of oil from the strategic reserves were sent to Europe and Asia in June, with China being one of those destinations in Asia. Oil that we were told was being released to help lower our fuel prices here in the United States was and is still being exported. And I say is because there's a plan to export at least one cargo of oil from the Louisiana Reserve Site in July in this month. And to top it off, demand is high in Latin America, so exports have been hitting new highs from the Gulf Coast refineries. And our government sits by and does nothing. For all his bluster about using the Defense Production Act, the resident of Pennsylvania Avenue has done nothing. He hasn't stopped the export of our strategic reserves. He hasn't ordered exports be redirected to the U.S. market. Nothing. Things he has some sway over, some power over. He's, he's done nothing. Nor has he wanted to do anything. This is about America last. This is about the Green New Deal. This is to keep tightening the screws so we will eventually relent and tell them to pass the disastrous Green New Deal so we can have lower energy costs. That's what this is about. And we wouldn't have lower energy costs from a Green New Deal. Eventually, the subsidies go away for that, and it's more expensive than the fossil fuels we're burning now. The Biden administration is not serious about lowering our fuel prices. 
If they were, there would be no exports of crude oil to our enemies. There would be no exports of refined gasoline to Latin America. It would be redirected to the U.S. market. The American people are the last thing on the mind of the Biden administration of Democrats. As I've said before, the release of the strategic oil reserves was mostly symbolic anyway, and it was a ploy to make it look like this administration was doing something. It wasn't going to have any significant impact on prices since there was and still is no future plan under this administration to start issuing drilling permits on more productive land. There's there's no plans in place to, to build a new refinery to handle it. Our refineries right now are running at max capacity pretty much. The mindset here seems to be to, to make it look like the administration is doing something when in essence they're not doing anything of consequence. They want fuel prices high. They think by keeping them high, people will eventually break down and clamor for the green new energy sources. And then thereby enriching the donors of these corruptocrats who are pushing these companies that are pushing this stuff, sell our windmills, sell our our uh, battery cars, sell our solar panels. Biden thinks he can uh, he can continue to take symbolic measures and to make empty threats, and that the people won't see through it. The thing is, we see through it though, and every empty claim and every empty threat drop Biden's poll numbers even lower. Give us a follow on social media. Follow me on my social media home on Parlor. My handle is at Living with Liberty. If you are on Facebook, give a like to the Living with Liberty page. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Email me, Ryan, at livingwithlibertypodcast.com. All right, finishing up for today. What is your expectation when you're traveling to another country? Would you expect that country to bow to American norms? Or would you expect that they would try to enforce their laws regardless of uh, you, you being a citizen or a foreigner? Would you expect that country to enforce their laws they have on the books? Now, the Brittany Griner saga seems to be coming to an end, sort of, uh, as she has pleaded guilty to the charges before her, her in Russia of bringing illegal drugs into the country. But ahead of the guilty plea, there has been plenty of talk and pleading with Washington to try and free her. And there's been talk from our State Department that uh, maybe Griner has been wrongfully detained. Well, the thing is here, she broke Russian law. The Russians have law against cannabis oil. And Russian authorities found vape canisters in her luggage containing it, so they arrested her. Honestly, that's their right. That's their law. It doesn't matter if we agree with that law or not. You are on their soil. You're on Russian soil. You have to play by their rules. For her part, Griner did somewhat own up to it to a degree, saying she was packing in a hurry and it was unintentional that the vape canisters were in her luggage. Okay, so she was irresponsible in packing. Brittany Griner has played basketball in the offseason for years in Russia. This wasn't just all of a sudden just a one-time thing. She's, she's played over there for years. So she should have been very familiar with Russian law at this point. She should have known that 
uh, they don't uh, take too kindly to cannabis oil or anything cannabis related. And she really should have been cognizant of what she was packing or what was in her suitcase. It was unclear as to whether maybe these were in a suitcase from a prior trip. Don't know. You probably should go have gone through that, though, Brittany Griner, and looked at your suitcase, what was in there, make sure it was all clean. Now, as long as basic human rights are being adhered to, food, water, not being tortured, a fair trial, etc., then if you are a U.S. citizen and you screw up in a foreign country, then you are subject to whatever consequence that brings. Now, another angle I've seen to this, it could be that Russia is using Griner as a political pawn. Perhaps they are. Russian authorities deny that that is the case, but there, again, Griner needs to be cognizant of world events and the current relationship between Russia and the United States and take the extra precautions, do the extra checks. Now, if if this is political on the Russians' part, it's not right. It's not right at all. I don't agree with that. But, you know, all indications are there there were uh, vape canisters with cannabis, with illegal uh, illegal substances as far as Russian law is concerned. You have to pay the consequence for that. And you have to know that and you have to take the extra precautions. You have to be cognizant of the world events and and what the relationship is between Russia and the United States right now. It just gives them, it gave the Russians cause. She needed to make sure, Brittany Griner needed to make sure everything she was doing, everything she was packing was above board and was not going to draw attention to herself. Now, again, if this is a political play, if Brittany Griner's being held because of of political reasons, that indeed would be wrong. But again, at the same time, Griner gave Russian authorities a reason to detain her. She had this in her suitcase. Now, here's a little bit of irony to this story. Brittany Griner, you may know, is maybe not. I kind of figured, but probably heard something and just forgot about it, but... Brittany Griner protested the national anthem, you know, when the whole, especially back in 2020, when there was this whole big blow up, right? We all remember that. Now, here's what she said in 2020 about it. She said this, I honestly feel we should not play the national anthem during our season. I think we should take that much of a stand. Even if the league decided to play the anthem, Griner said she was going to stand with others against the country anyway. I'm going to protest regardless. I'm not going to be out there for the national anthem, she said. If the league continues to want to play it, that's fine. It will be all season long. I'll not be out there. I feel like more are going to probably do the same thing. I can only speak for myself. That's all from a Breitbart article. I'll link the entire thing in the description box. Now, here's the thing. This is an interesting statement and stance from someone whose father fought in Vietnam. Yes, her father uh, is a veteran. It's also an interesting stance for a league that no matter how much ESPN tries to prop it up, it still lags way behind CNN in viewership, and it doesn't turn a profit as a league. So this it's very interesting that you're, you're going to, you're, let's be real, it's, it's, a league that's in the summer because it can't compete with the NBA. And it's a league that's typically, it runs, I think, July to October, something like that. 
So it's a league that's also going up against Major League Baseball. So really, how much viewership are you going to get? And then to, to put on top of that, you're going to say, uh, I'm going to protest the anthem. We shouldn't do this as a league. I don't care anybody else wants to do it. I think there's going to be a lot of people that do it. You're turning off people that might be looking for for a sports fix. You're turning off half of at least half of your your uh, potential customer base when you say stuff like that. No matter how you feel about it, one way or the other, uh, people don't want to see. They're not tuning into sports to to see a protest to have you shove the, your your opinions down their throat. They're tuning in to be entertained. So, I, like I said, it's pretty bold. Pretty bold at the you know, at the time, even today for a league that viewership on TV lacks CNN, which is hard to do these days. And the league still doesn't turn a profit. You've got ESPN. I think the NBA props it up with some money. So, you know, it, it's cool, whatever. I, I'm not disparaging the league in any way, shape or form, but you, you got to think about the dynamics here and, and what you're trying to accomplish and, and try and grow the league, and that's not how to do it. Now, the, the interesting thing here is we've got Brittany Griner begging our government to save her from whatever consequence the Russian justice system has for her. So here's what she wrote in a letter to Joe Biden pleading him to use his power to free her. She said this, On the 4th of July, our family normally honors the service of those who fought for our freedom, including my father, who is a Vietnam War veteran. It hurts thinking about how I usually celebrate this day because freedom means something completely different to me this year. I'll bet. You know, they always hate this country until they don't. They always hate this country until they need something from it. Now, look, you all know I'm a Constitution guy. I will support and uphold Anyone and everyone's First Amendment rights. You want to protest the anthem in this country and hate this country, go for it. That, that's your right. You have that right to speak your mind and, and say what you want to say, uh, you know, that legally, right? The old, you can't scream fire in a movie theater thing. But you want to say, you want to protest the anthem. You want to say how much this, you hate this country, go for it. That's your right. I'll protect your I'll, I'll I'll defend your right to do that all day long. Now, when push comes to shove and you want uh, and you go overseas and you get imprisoned in a foreign country on account of breaking their law because you weren't cognizant of what was going on, don't expect sympathy from me. And I, I, th- I think there's a lot of other people out there like that. Don't expect any sympathy. I could be more sympathetic if you said, hey, you know, okay, um, you know, my father's a veteran. I respect that. Blah, blah, blah. I'll be there for the anthem or, or just not said anything at all. I, you know what? I wouldn't have known one way or the other if you were out there for the anthem or not. I don't care. Like I said, you're right, but don't come out and take a stance against it, a very public stance against it, and then send this letter on the 4th of July pretending to be all patriotic, asking the president to try and use his power to free you because you went to another country and screwed up. Now, it's it, it just blows my mind that that these people are this hypocritical. You know, all of a sudden, this country that you hated can now maybe provide you a way out of the consequences of your actions. It may be able to get you out of your predicament and, and avoid Russian jail time or whatever. So 
with that in in that mind, you know, Griner loves the country again. She's she's all patriotic, and she's like, "Oh, this means something different this year." Well, yeah, I'll bet it does. You're not in a U.S. country club jail prison. You're in a Russian prison. I'll be willing to bet that even in in prison, that our prisoners here have more rights, which they shouldn't. You're in prison. You're there to to pay some consequence or suffer some consequences. Our our prisoners here have have more rights probably than what you find in a Russian prison. Bet I'll be willing to bet that. So it just this whole thing with Griner now playing a patriotic card and begging and now seeming to love the country and what it can provide and the freedom and blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't sit well with me. I'm sorry. Like I said, I don't have any sympathy for you. Am I being too principled on this? Uh, You know what? I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But at some point, the hypocrisy has to end. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't have it both ways. You either hate this country and what it stands for and want to protest the anthem or you love it because it can provide you with something that because it, it, it provides you with freedom. Now you maybe, maybe this is the thing that sparks a change. I don't know, but I guess I look at it this way. Either you want to be part of the problem or, or part of the solution here. So many look at the anthem protest as a sign of disrespect to this country, especially many, if not all, of the veterans who serve defending the rights we have here. I think Griner should just take her lumps in this situation, especially given that she was so outspoken and adamant about protesting the anthem. That's, again, I don't have any sympathy. Now, it's different if it's if this was a pure political play and, and Russia said, oh, well, this is kind of a famous American women's basketball player. Yeah, let's, let's, let's try and let's, let's detain her and find something, right? Kind of do, do the FBI trick that they're using these days. Let's just detain her and find something to, to trump up some charges for her on to make, to, to make it look like it's, it's all legit. No, she, she had these in, in her suitcase. I mean, so I don't have any sympathy. I'm sorry. I mean, you were so outspoken about this. Have some principle and say, uh, you know what? I screwed up. I got to take my consequence here. Or have some principle and say, ooh, you know what? Maybe you could construe that letter she wrote to Biden as doing that a little bit. Saying, oh, well, this, you know, freedom it means something different to me now. Have some principle and say, you know what? I'm sorry, I screwed up. I have a new found appreciation for what this com- country provides. You know what? Whatever happens here is of my own doing, my, and I deserve the consequence. That, that You might get some sympathy from me then. It, you own up to it. But who knows, though? Uh, who knows? At the end of the day, maybe this whole ordeal will give Brittany Griner a new outlook on just how good we have it in America, that maybe it's not such a bad place after all, and maybe, just maybe our anthem is worthy of a little respect, uh, and, and, that our, and that it's not just the anthem, but it's what the anthem represents and, and the, the reverence we should have, because it's a time for us to remember what our veterans, what those who have come before us, and fought for this country, fought for freedom and liberty, gave their lives for freedom and liberty, and 
what they did for us. That, that to me, is what the anthem is about. It's a chance before we get into some sort of entertainment. That's why I always liked it as part of a, you open a sporting event with it because it it gives you just that time to think about, yeah, you know what? There was a lot of people that, a lot of veterans, soldiers, freedom fighters that came before us, gave their lives, gave their everything, gave their fortunes, so I can sit here and be entertained for the next three hours at a basketball, baseball, football, whatever. Have some reverence for it. You know, maybe, maybe like I said, this, this whole ordeal, maybe it gives her a new outlook on that. Maybe it gives her a new appreciation. Hopefully, hopefully those weren't just words she wrote to Biden. Hopefully she takes them to heart. And maybe then she'll come back, whatever happens with the, the sentencing and whatever else, you know, with this case in Russia with Brittany Griner, maybe she'll use, she'll come back to America and she'll use whatever cultural capital she has to help change the views of others. One can only hope. Friends, that's my show for today. Thank you for tuning in. Please check out my website, livingwithlibertypodcast.com. There you'll find links to my past shows, my original articles, as well as other resources to help arm you with knowledge in fighting off the prevailing narratives of the day. While on my website, shop my store, Living With Liberty Outfitters. Lastly, I'd be so grateful if you shared, subscribed, and left a positive review of the show should your listening or viewing platform allow. Subscribing helps us move up the charts and helps more people find the truth. I appreciate you spending part of your day with me. Please help us spread the truth by sharing my show and website with friends and family, as well as on your social media accounts. My website is livingwithlibertypodcast.com. Also, let's connect. Follow me on Parlor. My handle is at Living with Liberty. You can also email me. The address is Ryan at Living with Liberty Podcast.com. Liberty isn't a given. We must fight to protect it. Working together, we will do exactly that. Until next time.